What's up, fan? It's the Pink Owl coming right at ya. We bring hey, in the hot takes of Barbie movies. Eh. Pizza, yeah. pigeon, pizza. Yeah, rat. don't forget to smash that bell, press that like, sub, give us them ratings, baby. Yeah. So, Emma, good, that was an good, exercise good. in brand outreach. Because, you know, in these unprecedented times, as all the hip brands are calling we gotta it these days. We got to let them know that we also are personally suffering and we also personally care. And we'll get yes. through this together as long as you buy a Domino's pizza. You can still <laughs> buy the Domino's pizza. Please don't forget yeah. about us, Domino's, and yes. our pizza. We swear it's safe now to buy our pizza. Please. We are also We got suffering. Hatsune Miku here too. Yeah. Hatsune Miku can't give you a Hatsune virus. Hatsune Miku will die if you don't still buy Domino's pizza. <laughs> and you don't oh, want boy. that, do you? Well, speaking of Hatsune Miku, today's Barbie movie is an interesting specimen because we are watching the 30th, number 30, Barbie movie. Barbie in Rock and Rollers. 30 years so, of Barbie movies are like, how many years of Barbie movies are we going at now? I mean, these movies started in 2001. This was released in August of 2015. Uh, so it's like, they've been at this for 14 years at this point. Oh my God, Barbie has just entered high school. I guess that's a way to put that weird way to frame that but all right uh but it's only downhill from here sure sure anyway this how does it feel to be uh obviously this isn't our 30th episode because we uh haven't done barbie in a perfect christmas Christmas yet so but yeah we it is gonna be interesting now 30 years not 30. God, now I'm falling into it. 30 movies. Like, I can't think of many, like, direct-to-DVD franchises that have gone on this long. No, definitely not. Like, the only ones that kind of, like, gets up to these close is maybe all those Land Before Time sequels. That's but true. That's true. Those are... A, but the thing is, they've those been like two int- of these each year since... Yeah. Yeah, pretty much since the first one came out, and they only recently stopped doing that, so it's Yeah. It, it also it, it, might it, be one of the biggest like direct to video franchises kinda out there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. This thing has made like according to the pool together video sales and sales revenue from Mattel, there is an estimated one point nine billion dollars in profit billion dollars so in terms of total sales revenue off of this franchise now this could be potentially including the merchandise that is sold into that when looking at the different sources it's basically pulling from oh no no it's pulling from domestic uh video and blu-ray sales combined so yeah i feel like a lot of people don't quite comprehend just how much a billion dollars is Oh yeah, it's a- yeah. Like, it's literally no more money than could be potentially spent by a single person in their in multiple lifetimes. 
So it's, it's a lot. It's a heck and a lot. But at least with this movie, so the big, the big 30 was Barbie and Rock and Rollers, which is, according to them, their fourth musical film, which I think we talked about this in the last episode. I feel like, like they're just making numbers up at this point. Yeah, because like, Princess and the Popper, Island Princess, uh, Diamond Castle, uh, Princess and the Pop Star. Let's Secret see. Door. Secret Door. Everyone's favorite. <sighs> what do they consider the second one? If they can... If they consider the secret door the third one, like obviously they consider the fr princess and the popper the first one because that's like the important one. But other than that, it's like I huh? just forgot Island Princess existed. Like so many people, apparently, that like too many people in the fandom, they forgot that Barbie and the Diamond Castle exist. And for shame. It really is a shame. I mean, I don't know. I miss... I really do hope we get another, like, pretty good one in the future. I'm looking... I'm not really I, filled with I have confidence some that Rock and Royals will be the it, but, um... Well, you say that, but let me give you a, a little slice, a little nibble of the the crew a here. Little, a little peek at the... the, the yeah, exactly. The Rock and Royals, so... As this is a co-directed feature, it's directed by a Michael Guggen and a Karen J. Lloyd. Now, Michael Guggen's a very interesting uh, person to add to this because he is the primary producer of the 2004 series The Batman. Do you remember that reboot series, The Batman on Kids WB? I have not heard of this one. I remember... So the Batman was another DC animated show based off of like Batman and it, it did this whole thing. But in addition to that, uh, it it was known for having a, you know, that early 2000s, like uh, not edgy, but very hard angled style uh, yeah, when they're making and it action. also had that one weird version of the joker with the dreadlocks i have i've never heard of this version of batman oh i'm a, okay a lot I of need... batman alumnus in the <laughs> in the cast and crew yeah which isn't crazy surprising but i don't know there's there's a lot of interesting stuff there uh but in addition to that uh he was also the art director for Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which, oh listener, God, if you don't like, know... It looks like Ben 10. Yes, like yeah, ben listener, 10. I That's... just sent her a picture of the the different people in the Batman. Yeah, it does have, like I said, early 2000s yeah, TV animation like vibes. Yeah, definitely like hard angles. Mm. I, but he also was the art director for Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which, listener, if you don't know, that is the best Batman movie. Literally, out of all of them, better than The Dark Knight, better than Batman 89, which, hot take, is also not that very good of a movie, and definitely better than Batman v Superman. Batman Mask of the Phantasm, best one, don't at me. 
I so, still feel the superior, actually the best Batman movie would be the Lego Batman movie, but you know. Truth be told, I haven't seen that one, which shame on me, I suppose. Fake comic but, book fan over here. We got a, we got a, we got a faker. Uh, yeah, might as well dox me and stalk me. Yeah, <laughs> like all the other apparent fake comic fans. Oh wait, I'm not a lady, so they're not gonna do that to me. Okay. Ooh. Anyway, uh, but then Karen Jade Floyd. Uh, we've actually seen her before. She was the director for Barbie and the Secret Door, and uh, mm. yeah. So we'll we'll see more about that. But then we got Marsha F. Griffin returning again. She, if you remember, she was the one that also was the screenwriter for uh, Barbie, uh, the last Barbie movie. Barbie uh, superpower. What was what was Barbie it called? Princess Barbie and Princess Power. Power. Yeah, and she's actually going to direct the upcoming uh, Barbie Spy Squad one as well. So, like, I'm I'm starting to get the impression that like when you sign on to be a writer for one of these Barbie movies, they put you under a contract where it's like, okay, you're going to be writing. We want three three or four screenplays if we, and you're gonna have to have the screenplays in by a month or something like that. Like when when we corresponded with Elise Allen and she told us that, oh yeah, I don't remember any of these movies. Like I I don't doubt which is that. It's crazy cuz she like wrote like so many of them. She wrote so many, which leads me to believe that I mean, a it I I bet she doesn't look at that as her best work, but also I bet like the conditions that they were working under probably necessitated them like not being too attached to the writing, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But I just yeah. feel like it would be really interesting if we ever, if anyone ever in the production of these movies ever watches this or I mean listens to this, you know, c- come on, yeah. we'd like to speak. I'd love to learn more. We would about love the... to speak with you. We would. We want to hear your stories, because yeah, there's so much about these movies that is really fascinating. I know. Maybe they had to like sign a contract though. That's like you know, Barbie will snipe you if you <laughs> if you go out of lines. So. I mean, NDAs can be a real pain in the butt. So yeah, yeah. but oh. There's one other, so there's another angle to this dangle. Before we start this movie, Did that you I need to. Angle to this dangle. Yeah. So another angle to this dangle is there was a campaign that Mattel ran in the lead up to this movie called the Raise Your Voice campaign. Uh, from September first, twenty fifteen, to October eighteenth, twenty fifteen, there were a large number of TV promotions on Nickelodeon, and they partnered with a band called Little Mix, who they As are a British. To their cousin, uh, Medium Mix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to respond to that to BH. Uh, but so the way that this. Uh, so basically, Little Max, for people who do, aren't up to date on 
these different bands. So, you mean there's a dedicated fan base for Little Mix still going? I mean, they're putting their fan cams in the Twitter replies. They're uh, there's a hashtag called New Era Pending. Uh, don't know what that means. Like, I think it's that's just code word for the fact that they have now split up. I don't know. Oh. The, but Little Mix, they were a... Oh, no. Wow. Shame on me. No, they are still active, actually. Wow. Whoops. Cause, so I guess Little Mix is this girl group. They originally auditioned on the X Factor and did stuff with that. And yeah, wow. They got... They still got their Vivo channel. And they're still releasing hits. Wow, their most recent hit was... Let me see what their latest upload was. Their latest upload... Two days ago! Dang, Little Mix! Wow, I want to apologize to all you Little Mix stands out there. I guess they're Big Mix now. (laughs) I guess so. I mean... Yeah, I'm quite surprised it took Barbie this long to make kind of like... A, like, musician-focused... Well, I guess Princess and the Popstar was one. But I just remember for yeah. a time, like, having, like, movies and, like, TV shows that was, like, they're teens, but they're also pop stars. Because yeah. they had, like, the Camp Rock and they had the Big Time Rushes. Do you remember oh, Big Time Rush? I'm surprised that those are your go-to references instead of Hannah Montana. Well, Hannah I don't Montana know that's... was a bit before this time, okay? Fair, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, those were more like kind of group focused, like Big Time Rush. It was like all of them, you know. Yeah, well, don't you remember S Club Seven? Nope. Does anyone remember the Naked Brothers Band? Oh, crazy, 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 crazy cars. Yeah. Yes. That was an. It's still that was still an interesting thing. That one of the naked brothers ended up being in like Hereditary and the new Jumanji. Yeah, and the one other of them one actually ended up being in the Death Note remake. It really, is a <laughs> a world we live in. That is a world we live in, and we also just let them be in a show where one of them is just straight up dating their babysitter, and it was supposed to be endearing. I honestly don't remember that part. I remember kind of hating that show even back when I was watching it as a oh, kid. Oh, I, I can't remember a single person who liked that. Yeah. But anyway, Little Mix. So speaking of Nickelodeon, they ran this campaign where it was a singing competition that was to promote this Rock and Royals DVD. And basically, you would sing one of the songs from the from the show from the movie and if you those did the best songs job from rock and royals that we all remember yeah those classic songs like gotta get to camp and <laughs> oh god wait 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 there's a camp is this a camp rock uh rip there's this maybe then there's a song called when you're a princess Totally different from to be a princess. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a bet. Final mashes. Really privileged. <laughs> yes, but anyway, the the 
the girl who did the best song ended up getting to meet the band Little Mix. According to the brand director, Wendy Hill, representative of Mattel, quote, Barbie has always fueled imagination, inspired creativity, and encouraged self-expression, and we are delighted to be working with Little Mix, who are such an inspiration to girls in how they have found their voices through music. What? (laughs) I feel like this would be a lot more impactful if I knew actually who Little Mix was. Yeah. Little Mix, everyone's favorite British girl group formed in 2011 during the A-series of the British version of The X Factor. Yeah. So, yeah, this... I don't know if this is going to result to... I don't know how it's going to factor into this movie. It's probably not going to factor into this movie, but, you know, I feel like it needed to be mentioned because... Like, this is the first time in my memory where Mattel really pulled out the stops on actually campaigning to promote one of these direct-to-DVD movies. I mean, hey, like, maybe they put more effort into the storytelling and the characters, maybe. I guess we'll maybe. have to see. So, it's time to make, like, the first song in Gotta Get to Camp. <laughs> And rock out with the Rockin' Royals. Blu-ray, DVD, and digital available September 8th. Not rated. And we are back. So. So, uh. You know what? I'm going to come up right off the bat and say it. I kind of liked this one. You know what? I agree with you, too. It was, it's a very Um, much a, uh, very much has the vibes of a Disney Channel original musical movie. Oh, yes. It's. Oh, yes. In so many ways, but. You know what? There's a reason people like those things, and I, I genuinely kind of like this one. It was, I, it was a pleasant surprise. After yes, I'll tell you this. Uh, it was better than that zombie movie they made. Hey, don't you be disrespecting so, zombies. That's a classic mm, of Disney, uh, Disney original content. I don't know. I feel like there are only so many. Uh, hey, let's hastily explain like prejudice in a terrible fantasy setting i don't yeah, know but the songs slap that's the important part okay do they slap though emma yes they tell do. me which song slaps the hardest uh the song or they go to the zombie nightclub and they're like bam oh man oh man and they dance with the tinfoil rain jackets it's very impressive okay actually the fact that you're able to name enough detail from that yeah i'm I'm I've actually watched on that, point that movie then. like an embarrassingly amount of times. It's like a thing with me and my friend, so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well then, we're just learning new things about each other. But no, yes, to I your point, this is multitudes. a... <laughs> That's true. That's true. But to your point, yeah, this is a... This is a very cheesy movie, but it is 
decently put together. And it only has a couple of, like, things that I really take serious umbrage with, but they do seem yeah. to be it's pretty much in line. It seems to know what it is, and it does a pretty good job being what it wants to be. You yes, know, it, but... You can uh, definitely tell this is one of their higher effort outputs. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I can see why they actually put in the effort to actually promote this with, like, this other band, but... But before we get into the actual plot, I need to highlight two things from the ever-helpful resource uh, Barbie Movies Wiki. So, I'm looking at the... uh, So, listener, for a little bit of context, uh, in pretty much every entry of these movies, like, when you look at the plot detail, you will find a very, very detailed summary of each of these movies from the points of individual character interactions. Like, these things are averaging, like, 2,000 to 3,000 words long. This one is only three paragraphs long. It is... They did not put a lot of summary into this movie, which makes me curious, like, what made them not want to focus as much on this? Because, like... I can see a lot this of people kind of was- overlooking this movie because this movie definitely has a lot of similarities with Princess and the Pop Star, and I could see oh, yes. people easily mixing them up with each other. I mean, it's very interesting that you mentioned this because also notable on this wi- on this Barbie Wiki entry is that there's an entire section dedicated to discussing the similarities between this movie and Princess and the Pop Star. Yeah, only I guess this one has more of a group kind of ensemble cast going on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although there's one one of the interesting things that they mentioned is that uh, so one of the characters name is Erica and there's a character named Kiera and the wiki helpfully notes Erica is an anagram for Kiera both of whom are pop stars of their movie. Which, I I mean, you're right? Conspiracy. That's a weird, that's a weird connection to make, Mattel. Like, I mean, both these yeah. movies kind of do with the whole dichotomy between doing the two hardest jobs in the world, being actual royalty, and being a famous musician. That Only this one is, like, way more like good and entertaining than princess and the pop star was it really is it really is like because just like the main characters in this one came off as less like whiny privileged people you know though there's definitely a big privilege element in this uh movie but um yep you are not wrong so yeah um i guess we might as well start off with this this thing uh so this movie uh starts off with two summer camps uh one of them like is dignity <laughs> oh man i i wish yeah if you haven't gotten the I disney w- channel original movie it is a movie about a camp where people play music and also yeah exactly camp. okay so, so it's definitely got that aspect of it <laughs> Yes, definitely. And so it's it's very interesting. They 
So one of the camps is Camp Royalty, which is for young princes and princesses, which we'll put a pin on which it, there on are that many whole. Of them. Uh, we'll put a pin on that. So many different fake countries with fake royalty in the modern times, even though it's a very outdated mode of government. But anyway, we're going to put a pin on that. And then there's Camp Pop, which is for young musicians. Okay, cool. So, and it is here where we first meet Princess Courtney, which, uh, who is voiced by, as always, by Kelly Sheridan in a Zard Barbie analog. Um, What's your impression of her as a character? Uh, I mean, I don't know. She doesn't really stick out that much. She's just kind of like the sort of like, I'm great, but I'm not confident. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, that is, that is quite true. Uh, But in addition to that, I don't know. They got like, Yeah, then we meet our other main protagonist, uh, Erica Juno, who is apparently this big pop star. Yeah, I look, I, I kind of, Erica Juno kind of stood out to me a bit in Barbie protagonist. You know, she kind of had a different look to her because she kind of has this yes. like hairstyle and like, I don't know. And she just kind of had like different vibes, I think. Yeah, like she that's kind of feels like true. more of the protagonist than like Barbie in this movie. So Yep. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. But uh I do want to highlight one thing. So So I am looking at the uh I'm looking at the uh different people that lended their voices for this. And uh on IMDb, they mentioned that uh, Kelly Sheridan, bless her heart, but she she's not a singer, so they usually hire someone else to do her singing voice. And for this one, she was voiced by... Yeah, it's kind of weird, because I remember I saw even in the credits, it didn't like say who was doing the singing voices. It just said, like, featuring the voices of these people. Yeah, and I feel like it's because they've actually hired actual recording artist for this who did not seem to want to be credited for this even though according to i mean we're only going off of the barbie movie wiki which might not be the most reputable source but according to them princess courtney for a singing voice was voiced by uh a recording artist named jordan kane and uh erica juno her singing voice act dress was Alana Di Ferenska, who, and both of these things are incredibly interesting to me because they are both two recording artists who are actually responsible for a number of different soundtracks. For example, uh, Jordan Kane was the, okay, well, it looks like she's listed for some of these other movies, like she's listed for Barbie Starlight Express, uh, Whoops, not Starlight Express. <laughs> uh, Starlight Adventure, oh Video God. Game Hero, the Dolphin Lloyd Magic. The Lloyd Webber, it's getting to you. It's getting to <laughs> your head. But, but she also worked on the Birds of Prey soundtrack, Noel, the Shaft soundtrack, uh, the Slenderman soundtrack. This is taking n- some turns. Fifty Shades of Black. 
Oh, is that like the Wayans yeah, brother the thing? Brothers, like Fifty Shades Creepy <laughs> and Pitch Perfect Three. Now we'll put a pin in on, on why that is an interesting connection. But then, in addition to that, Does we also Man have... have a pop soundtrack. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. For Slenderman, uh, she did stuff for the song "Living." Does Slenderman I don't know. get a song where he's like, I'm just a Slendy man? <laughs> we can only imagine. I... <laughs> but, but in but no, no, no. Let me get to uh, Alana DeFerenska. So she uh, also worked on Pitch Perfect 3, which, again, we'll put a, a pin on that. But she also has a lot of soundtrack work. She has worked, she's been working consistently since 2005 Granted, she started off with stuff like a uh, date movie, uh, epic movie, Night at the Museum. Yeah, she she did stuff for Night at the Museum. You know, she, but she wrote she, that classic song like, it's the night and it's the museum and Owen Wilson mm, is a no, tiny no, she, cowboy. No, there was a song called, uh, she sang this song called Tonight. It was a 1983 song uh, sung by... The song Cool and the Gang. Yeah, that's, that's the I don't song know. where they mentioned the tiny Owen Wilson cowboy. I just sung it. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But And she also did stuff. She also wrote one of the songs for the Hannah Montana movie. And she ended up doing some other work uh, for the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Uh, uh, that's how you know she got but, good taste. But then she started getting in a lot more prestigious work. She like Alvin did, and the Chipmunks too. No, she did uh, music for Glee. She did. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna argue with you about Glee being prestigious, but uh, okay, more prestigious. It's a step up. And then she did stuff for The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Uh, she did stuff for. Uh, okay, yeah, it start. She did stuff for uh, the Adams Family movie. I mean, it's we're getting into more mainstream blockbuster movies. Oh, she also wrote one of the songs in Fifty Shades of Grey and songs for Empire. Like, You think she had a rivalry with like the other person who could only uh, get into writing songs for Fifty Shades of Black? I mean, I get the sense that they might have been common collaborators, uh, perhaps. I don't know. This is very interesting. But the most... But, uh, like, they both worked on Pitch Perfect 3 and... Alana Di Frenska went on to work on Isn't It Romantic, that Rebel Wilson rom-com movie, and she helped make the music for that. And the most impressive to me, so there is a scene in this, listener, there was a very underappreciated movie from 2018 called Bad Times at the El Royale. And Alana Di Frenska sang the hit song, he, uh, He's a Rebel. And, like, it is considered one of the coolest parts of the movie. And she was the singer behind it. So, like, we have legitimate recording artists that, like, have put actual time and effort. And I think that is reflective in, like, their actual performances. Let's, don't get it twisted. This is some grade A Wisconsin cheese from a lyrical and songwriting standpoint, but like the actual skill in that was put into the composition and the actual singing, it's not bad. 
Well, I mean, I think the way, like, the songs are definitely a bit weak lyrically, but, I mean, they sound nice. Yeah, they do. They sound like, like you know, pop music I... you would actually hear. Mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. mostly enjoyable to watch, like, the song sequences in this movie. Yeah. And in the end, isn't yeah. that all you need from a musical? At least a Disney Channel style one? I suppose so. Of course it can never uh, uh, live up to Bam, Oh Man, Oh Man from Zombies, but you know, they can't all, they can't all reach those heights. But Oh, jeez Louise. I, I mean, I, I, how could you compete? Yeah. Might as well not even try. Mm-hmm. So that was a listener. That was a very long tangent. I hope you guys enjoyed that. But yeah, honestly, like there are, it's, it feels very interesting to talk a lot more interesting to talk about some of the people who worked on this movie than it is some of the plot beats. Cause some of this stuff is a little bit, uh, at least in the beginning, it, it was really hard to get like into it. Yeah, so like, you remember this movie that, does not make a good first impression. You remember that SpongeBob episode where him and Patrick were gonna go to like Summer Camp Island, but they accidentally got on the prison boat instead. Well, that's kind of the <laughs> opening scene of this movie. Yeah, where, they got a. Um, so there are these we got two shenanigans. Bougie, bougie as hell camps. There's the oh royalty God. camp yeah. for like the royals. That there are the royals, and then there's like the pop camp, which is for musicians, Mm -hmm. and they both get to their camps that are in this, at this enchanted lake. Question. Okay, hang on. We'll we'll get. Let's let's not rush ahead to that because I, yeah, but so they they have these two ships and Courtney's coming and. She's really excited to be able to leave for past life say, and make friends. These ain't friends just like and... fairies. These are like private yachts. These are private yachts with like gold Jeff trim. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, this is some Jeff Bezos, Betsy DeVos bullshit. Yeah. Someone like, should uh, should yeah. uh, un, un, untether them so they'll get scratches. Oh, Gotta yeah. Gotta bring the man you know, down. Or, or at least pay the workers on those boats better. I don't know. That's what they should do. I'm saying regular people should go out and uh, give and scratch the boats. Yeah, fair. You know what? Fair, fair. I mean, why stop there? Might as well just cut the fuel lines. Yeah. Lord knows they barely ride those things out as it is. Might as well do, you know, how, how they sink ships in real life where they just fill them with ping pong balls until they're heavy enough to sink. That's how they what? do it. That's how you sink a ship. You put ping pong balls in it, and then it sinks. Huh. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. You gotta, you gotta get educated about ping pong balls mm. and ships. Indeed. He said as he sipped his drink mm-hmm. maniacally. So, I mean, Courtney's excited to, like, make friends, and Erica's talking about how she's tired of being so alone on the stage. And they have it's their meet cute. It's so hard being rich and famous. Yeah, I know. Like, ugh. but right off the bat, both of these people. Right off the bat, like, 
when I say that this doesn't give a good impression, it makes both of these groups look, like, very spoiled because, like, there's, like, this person who's, like, just, like, a single bellboy who's, like, carrying all this luggage and back and forth and is seeing, like, oh, thank you for getting that. Don't forget these as well. And it's just, like, um... This dude is probably working minimum wage. Can you guys show some respect, please? Yeah, definitely some rich BS going on. But how they distinguish these two groups is that the royals are always either the guys are wearing suit and ties at all times or the ladies are always wearing like their ball gown prom dresses. And how they distinguish the rock group camp is that they're all kind of dressed like they're from, like, an era that never existed, that only existed <laughs> in, like, Shake It Off and, like, other oh, yeah. 2010s, a Disney Channel original series. You know, someone's got to be wearing a jean jacket over, like, a long sleeve t-shirt. You got with, a like, guy wearing layers. a fedora and, like, a waistcoat with a I mean, that was, like, like, most of the middle school boys from my school, though, so... Oh, Jesus, I feel bad for you going to that middle school. Mm. You didn't have any, you didn't have like any trench coat fedora wearing kids at your school? I went to a Catholic school. We wore uniforms. Oh, okay. Maybe you're the rock star and I'm the princess. Oh, wow. It's just like the movie. It is. So... Because we gotta come to what a happened? common understanding where we learn to respect each other's privileges. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the message of this movie. What is yeah. the mes- what is what kind of commentary is this supposed to make? Like, I guess. So according to this movie, every movie Barbie will tell us the message of the movie because they're very gracious in explaining what the point of this story is supposed to be, and she explains, quote. Rock your own story. I'm kind of getting the sense these quotes are bullshit and don't really have anything substantial to say, honestly. What? I think it's just I a mean, slogan. But that quote is so pertinent to all of the different plot beats and, like, things that occur in this movie. I mean, I don't know how you could possibly does that, not does make that, that explain connection. the world building in this movie? What? <laughs> so, these Barbie movies do have a very... Uh, blase uh view of magic to where it's like yeah a secret thing but also like a very mundane thing at the same time we can yeah. get into that but, um... <laughs> we will get into that so long story short erica and courtney are switched on the boats erica's being sent off to princess school whereas sorry princess camp and uh actually courtney it's a is heading off to camp because they got, like, oh, princes there, They do too. have princes there and duchesses, I guess. Yeah. But they they accidentally got switched for some reason. And because of that, the they are on the boat. The up. Uh, computer glitch. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess at least they explained it. Eh. But they get to the school, and initially, no one seems to be paying attention to also, them. Also, we gotta fact, mention, so... Well, we- we'll get... But, once they get to the school, suddenly, they're driving on the lake, and there's a giant pink cloud! Like a big, sparkly pink wall, and a then they, like... sparkly cloud! They, like, 
they sail into it and like disappear like it's fucking annihilation over here. It's the shimmer. <laughs> it's <laughs> what and is this? And this is thing? never explained. What why is the function is of this way. thing? Who made it? What what it does? What is it called? Because no like they get there and they're in this like where it just looks like a regular lake, but they have like multicolored trees and the ground is always sparkly. But oh, also, yeah. like, the, the Camp Rock people are surprised when magic is real. Because this movie establishes yeah. that, I guess, all the royals just got, like, magic scepters that they... Yeah. Only and royals unicorns. get access and knowledge of, and that they can use to do just random shit, just, like, by summoning yeah, things. Yeah, it, it can... It can... Like, they established in the beginning, Courtney refills her own smoothie with that so magic. They can so they can create food, food, create drink. It can create clothing... It can, and they like, keep this to themselves to do weird, mundane, sparkly shit. This, what is yeah. this world? Where are we? What is the outside world like? It sounds horrifying. It's, it does sound horrifying. Yeah, but maybe you know what? Maybe this is. Maybe we're being too cynical. For all we know, this could be like a post-scarcity Star Trek type future where, like. Like, to boldly go where no princess has gone before. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe through that magic, we can imagine that this is a world that's pretty much like... We haven't gotten to space travel yet. That's uh, for that's Barbie for uh, Starlight of... Express. <laughs> but it's... But maybe, like... Maybe, like, there's no poverty in this world yeah, because of the magic. Yeah, but there's still a ruling and, class. Well, maybe, like, the princess thing is, like more of a a social role like like maybe when you like it's a job to be i don't know yeah i i'm i'm being too much of a devil's advocate for this movie so they pass through the the shimmer the the filmmakers were probably like we gotta add some sparkly shit here so uh probably probably i mean i don't know what it adds to the movie we never find out what it is. It we don't know what function it okay. serves. I guess. Nothing but the aesthetic. But as soon as they pass through, this is where the movie was the, like, the movie felt off-putting to me at the very beginning with these uh, sparkle stuff and the existence of magic and all that stuff. But then we get to the very first musical number. As we discussed in the intro is proudly... Uh, called Gotta Get to Camp. I bet you can't guess what it's about. Yeah. So, Emma, how would you describe this first well, musical number? it's your very much a, a typical opening number. Everyone's dancing on the yacht, and then they're dancing around the camp, talking about how they can't wait to do all the fun things at camp. God, yeah. don't they love the camp. There's a song... Yeah interesting dance choreography it's yep i'm sure who will get this and we're not being sarcastic have you ever did you ever hear or see the movie stage fright no it's like i've never heard of this it's like a musical comedy movie meatloaf is in it just so you know and they have like this opening number where they're talking about how they're so excited to go to theater camp and it's a it's not really a good movie 
but it's kind of like a it kind of almost falls into like so bad it's good type what territory. academy award member meatloaf couldn't make that good hey you know look it up <laughs> his presence adds something okay it's a it's an interesting movie it actually might be a good like bad movie night movie to watch oh, it used geez. to be on netflix but i i think it's been taken down from there but mm. couldn't handle all that meatloaf no they had one bite and they were like they... Mm, that's enough meat for me netflix wouldn't do anything for love no I don't know what the meatloaf songs are, to be honest, but... <laughs> oh. Yeah, they do gotta get to camp. It's... I feel like gotta this is kind of like... the Hogwarts. Mo- gotta get back to school. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of musical number that the Star Kid people would parody. Like, I'm honestly surprised that they haven't done a Barbie parody musical yet. But... I don't know. This... It's... It's sung decently, and they've got good motion capture stuff, but it's just, it's it's that stereotype. When a person who hates musical theater talks about movie theater, this is what they would describe as a musical number. People dancing around randomly, and there being, like, very abrupt editing and, like, a lack of flow with it. Like, one second, people are dancing on this roof. One second, this per- these people are dancing by this light. And it's just, like, what is going on? I don't know. It's... It's interesting. So, uh... Yeah, at the end of this musical number, Courtney and Erica have to go meet... Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We meet the respective headmasters of each of these camps. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about these characters. So. So we got, like, stereotypes. Did we start off with Camp Rock or Camp Royalty? Yeah. His name is uh, Finn Finn Oxford. Oxford. He was actually the original Paul McCartney that they, like, (sighs) had to get rid of and replace with the replacement Paul McCartney. This is where we ended up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can hear his voice on backwards if you uh, sync up Revolver with Wizard oh, of yeah, Oz. Oh, yeah, they're like, a P- Paul McCartney went to Barbie World, never came back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so how do you describe Finn? He's, like, kind of, like, stereotypical, like, British rock man. Probably did a little yeah. cocaine back in the day. Yeah, um, he's definitely got... Ozzy Osbourne meets Elton John vibes. Definitely more Elton John than Ozzy, but yeah, except apparently it's... not gay though. We get conf- apparently not we get gay, even though someone. like we can go into that even later. Though, but um, I mean, yeah, he might maybe maybe he's bi. I don't know. But the, the way he walked in this movie though, there was like a swivel to his hip yeah, as he I walked. That was just this character like. <laughs> You know what? Yes, I would say he is definitely a positive point in this. Like, he is petty, he is sassy, but he is not the villain. No. Like, like all throughout the movie, like, you get the impression that, like, oh, he's probably going to have some stupid scheme and he's going to be, like, a jerk. But no, he's actually very nice. And sure, he dresses, like, flamboyantly, but he's, like... He's actually seems to genuinely care about his students and actually want to see like people be creative and like help foster new talent 
And it's like, uh, okay, a former rock star wants to foster in the next generation of talent. You know what? I could get behind this. Yeah. There is the one thing, though, where he's, like, talking about, like, we're going to study all these different types of music, but we only ever really hear the one, which is uh, yeah. Barbie pop music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am very interested in hearing what they consider heavy metal music. Yeah, because uh, rock and roll that they portray in this movie is kind of a kind of a stretch to call it that <laughs> yes it's it's as rocking as uh camp rocks songs essentially this movie is very camp rock if you haven't noticed it's so camp rock like and uh, and it's also as we noticed later very pitch perfect but we'll get into oh, that yeah. oh yeah so after explaining the mix-up uh he talks to oh yeah we need to get to the other uh the other yeah, so the camp leader director, of lady anne who's kind of a stereotypical like snooty woman yep and she she seems like a i guess uh i don't know i guess she's some sort of duchess but her whole thing is that she has this big rivalry with Finn because they were apparently an item together. And there's this photo of the two of them where uh, he's wearing like a, like he's the stereotypical Aerosmith poofed up 80s hair with the choker and she's also got that poofed up 80s hair and as like a groupie. their whole conflict is like, it couldn't have worked between us because rock rock and royalty can't mix. So it's like some weird like prejudice metaphor, which is I'm not even gonna mm. touch that. Like that's I, I don't want to touch that either. Lord knows that this movie doesn't. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, the rich and... fighting against the rich, the world we've <sighs> come to. Yeah. But then accompanying uh, them, they each also have their own respective assistant. Uh, like, Finn has this lady named Stevie, who, she seems nice. She's got she this cool red there. hair. She's got a fancy She's jacket. just there. She, but then... She's got a fancy j- jacket, but lady then we got... Lady Anne's <laughs> assistant is this total simp of a man named... What was his name? Clive. 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 And he's kind of more of the villain in this one, but that kind of comes later. Yeah. But he's essentially the whole thing is that he wants, he's like into Anne, so he tries to like impress her. And yeah. the whole- Fun fact about him, uh, he was, uh, Clive was voiced by Alejandro, uh, sorry, Alessandro Giuliani, who voiced Julian the main love interest in Princess and the Popper, as well as Prince Nalu, Prince Antonio, a lot of, he was a lot of former Prince characters. And now, in his last role, relegated to Ky- uh, Clive. Went from a Chad to a simp. It happens <laughs> to the best of them. Yeah, I mean, he also apparently voices this dude named Reginald, 
which that was like the 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 snooty like the rich judge that's right that's right so yeah yeah so the whole conflict is that we gotta be like oh we gotta save the camp because apparently both camp directors want to buy out the other camp so they can extend even though i have to imagine with the sort of clientele that they got like including apparently the world's biggest pop stars and actual royalty i'm sure like they could afford this and well i, don't I know think for it's a like... fact they can afford this because the architecture is absolutely buck it's the like hell fantasy wild. community college but i think i think the movie kind of implies that it's less of like it's not really a money thing. It's more like an ego thing for them. Like they want to like out yes. each other, essentially. Definitely. It's like like that tension never went strange. away. So you know we gotta do this flexing on each other. Definitely. I do want to take a moment to actually describe the actual environments that each camp is. So camp royalty, like it's in a castle, of course, and. Uh, there's like this big old courtyard, but the places where they, the campers sleep, they have little fantasy treehouse mini castles. Yeah, this is some fucking like this is some Rivendale stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, it's not Riverdale because no one gets attacked by a bear in the woods. So no, no Rivendale. Oh, I thought you said Riverdale. (laughs) No, no, like. No, Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. I mean, it... It's, I'm told that it is apparently Rivendell. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it could be Riverdale. I mean, in a way. Lord knows they're white enough. Oh, <laughs> anyway. So, and then contrast this with, like, Camp Pop, which is, like, the main instruction building is a giant piano, and the dormitories are big old music note tree houses all with their own like probably very expensive recording studios and instruments electric drum sets dual screen like computer monitor like these are some rich like like i imagine that one of those dormitories has more is has more expensive equipment than an actual recording studio and it's like yeah i wonder yeah. they do never show anyone's parents in these ones like both both main characters are driven to camp by like their butlers so it's like huh i wonder who these people especially like the rocker people i wonder who their parents are <laughs> oil barons oh god all of them my father yeah. invented the toaster strudel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> Any so after declaring their confusion, um so they have this rivalry and the two counselors decide that they are going to have a competition and whoever wins gets to buy out the other camp and will likewise shut down that other camp. Yeah, so, so it is kind of a dick move of them to kind of like throw their students under the bus for their 
ego thing so yeah just because just because of that sexual tension but i i will say this at least the actual romance angle it it does it feels a lot more narratively justified yeah it does feel it does add kind of an interesting layer to their rivalry though it is kind of strange there's apparently like except for their assistance there are like no other staff at these camps yeah but i mean you just gotta manage there's probably like some private arms group that is just lying the perimeter of this lake just like oh definitely like with thousands upon thousands of dollars of military hardware on a single soldier yeah, like it's a pretty large area i wonder if anyone was displaced when <laughs> these things were built uh yeah that's probably. another thing about like so when we have the opening number there's like a whole bunch of like campers on both sides but after that opening number we only see like eight of ten. them from eight or ten yeah. from each of the camps <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, pretty much there's a large audience of people at the end, so you can assume that perhaps, like, only a select number of people were asked to compete in this big competition, but I don't know. Yeah, what, whatever. So, but the whole thing is yeah. that, so Courtney and Erica end up getting having to stay the night at their respective camps. And yeah, and to be honest, we could honestly say, like, describe one of their storylines, and we would also be describing the others because their stories are basically the same. Yeah. Like, they both don't initially fit in, but then they meet two different girls that uh, befriend them instantly. One's more sensible, the other's a little quirky. And then just there like are these two cherub, <laughs> just like every Barbie friend. But then we got these two little cherub children that are like, "Ooh, wow, you look so cool!" And yeah, there's some like and then, weird kids that are also at this camp for some reason on both sides. Yeah, that look like they're ten. I'm pretty sure they're supposed uh, to. And I then guess they're there's be all- the audience surrogate or something. I don't know. Perhaps, but then you also got to get. Uh, the snooty ones. Oh yeah, they the both have their own like, alpha bitches, but then they come around and everything goes good. Yep, and- we got some Sharpays in here. Uh, and then they start off like being unsure about this environment and not worried about not fitting in, but then they but then they gradually join into the fun and they find that, oh, wow, I actually really like it here and enjoy the, the friends that I've made here. Yeah, the whole thing is that for Erica, because she's like this famous pop star, uh, the the d- camp director and the assistant from the royal camp are a bit more conniving in that they're like, "Oh, we should keep her over here because if we use her in the competition, we'll probably win." And yeah, and she's down with staying because like she actually gets to be herself without having to worry about like fans and all that stuff which she would probably have to deal with that camp pop apparently that most of the royals just don't know about like famous pop stars yeah which even though like one of the well at least the counselors don't but then the uh and i mean you could imagine that like even though finn seems like a pretty nice balanced dude he probably would give a lot of special preferential treatment to erica yeah 
Oh yeah, we also but so Erica has a love interest with like generic blonde Kenbo, which I can't yes. remember his name. Uh, his name is oh god, I'm looking this up. He's he's I think it's Edmund. Question mark. I don't know. They, yeah, his name is Prince Edmund. They don't do a good job actually naming these people. Like, aside from Courtney, uh, Erica, and, like, the two headmasters, I do not remember any of these people's names. Yeah, but on the Camp Rock side with Barbie, um, we have another character who is also the only black character in this movie. The only major black... I mean, to be fair, Erica is a lot more... If she's meant to be a person of color, it's ambiguous at best. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. On the other side, we have Marcus, who took a long time for him to get a line in there, but. Yeah, Marcus, like, he's an actual verified person of color in this. Yeah. And And I was hoping that maybe. And he's actually. Since they kind of had a thing with the group of the two girls and the boy on the other side, and the boy is the lover interest. I was hoping maybe Marcus would end up being Barbie's love interest, and it would have been nice, because we haven't really had a Barbie protagonist get to have, like, a man of color as a love interest. But Yeah, they, it would have been cool. Like, they imply it, but they just don't do anything yeah, but with they don't it, really, which like, is like, come and on, And they don't Mattel. even really imply it that much. They just don't really go there, which I thought yeah, was kind but of like, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that is actually a negative part. Like, I feel like the problem is, is that we put so much... I mean... You have so many characters in this because you have to establish so many people across these two camps. But at the same time, we don't really get to, like, get to know any of these side characters. And aside from I don't know, very this is another character one. traits. Apparently, one of Barbie's friends in Rock Camp is like Southern, but the accent kind of goes away, like the wind, you know. Yeah, like she's rooming with this girl named Zia, who's, I guess, supposed to be, like, this punk girl, because she's got, like, you see, I <laughs> thought the, white the, poot, I thought the toothpaste tec- hair. I thought the techno friends from Princess Power had some toothpaste-looking hair, but this is some Colgate one-out-of-two-dentists-recommend yes. <laughs> put an unhealthy yeah. amount on the brush-looking Definitely. Hair. And then there's Reyna, who has, like, this weird orange, like, bright orange hair and then red hair. And she's, I guess, the country girl. And, yeah, I mean... Doesn't really dress country, though. I guess she got boots, no, though. Because everyone she, dresses yeah. in this weird, like, pseudo This weird pseudo facsimile of what, yeah. world garments. Yes, yes. But... So yeah, that's a that's a problem with this movie, but I need to get into like the ways that they actually start to like ingratiate themselves. So initially Erica and Courtney, they're in like their normal outfits, but they slowly gradually begin to assimilate into their groups, which hmm, that's got some weird implications, but whatever. Uh like Courtney, she gets up she's wearing this big prom dress. 
like all throughout the first part of the movie. Not even and like. Don't get me wrong. To retire for the evening, she's always in full ball gown. Mood. She's always in full ball gown, and it's like, girl, just just wear a t-shirt, my dude. Like it's fine. Mother does not allow like, it's the t-shirt. <laughs> Don't make them ring the bell. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, bad, bad things happen when they ring the bell. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah. I mean, I will say, like... I mean... Another positive thing about this movie... I do like Erica's character. Yeah, she's kind of like... She's sort of like a cool, relaxed, and, you know... She kind of has like and a she's, lower voice. Her singing voice is a yeah. bit kind of like raspier and less like exactly yeah. perfect and, I mean, and stuff. You know, she feels like a pretty natural character. Oh yeah, no, like, definitely like, more of a human being than Barbie typically is. But. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. But in addition to that, so <sighs> the ways that they end up like giving making each other interested in each in the thing is that like courtney goes to like the different activities uh which includes showing off like how to do rock pyrotechnics and like actually like unsupervised by the way very unsupervised things and then meanwhile erica Gets to see unicorns. Yeah, apparently there are unicorns, by the way. Apparently they're unicorns. They're just here. They're just here. (laughs) Like, they... And Erica... This is the first time Erica's heard of unicorns. And it's... It's a surprise to everyone. But you want to know the weirdest thing? So, Emma, like... Uh, based off your first impression, you would probably think that they they included the unicorns because there's some sort of unicorn toy in this playset, right? Maybe so. Yeah, that ain't here. There, I'm looking through the complete merch page, including the tie-in Mega Blocks. <laughs> the tie-in Mega Blocks. It, yeah, it's a whole thing. And there are no unicorns. It is. Like, they just established fantasy like, creatures exist in this universe, and we're not we're not getting into that. No way. Yeah, but then, and Erica's just like, what does? Are there like centaurs here too? And it's a running joke where like the princesses think that Camp Pop has centaurs, and it's like, um, for all we know, there are probably centaurs in this weird world. Oh yeah. It goes back to that, like, magic is real, and people aren't that surprised, but also it's, like, secret, but also it's mundane. And also, they go through the fucking shimmer to get to the Camp Rock, and no one explains why. Don't get it. Yeah, the shimmer's still a factor. It never pops up again. You know, that's why they they never go into the woods, because if they did, they'd run into, like, that skull bear, so... Oh, God, yeah. Or one of them will turn into... There's probably, like, a configuration of plants out in the woods. Oh, yeah, one will turn into That just looks like a human. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Go watch Annihilation, side note. That's a good-ass movie. Yeah, I just watched that recently. In addition to that... It was pretty good. Yeah. In addition to that, 
apparently, like, all we mentioned before, all the princesses have these wands, and they're using it to do things like conjure rainbows, and that's what's making Erica interested in this palace life. But with the advent of this competition, they've got three... Uh, three judges that have been signed on, including some lady named uh, Allegra James, who is apparently some rock legend. And then uh, there's uh, a prince named Prince uh, Reginald of Thistlebrook. Okay. And then there's this pause for the third judge, who is named uh, Sveta Petronova, from Camp Arabesque. And, like, there's this pause, and you would think that, like, this would be a factor in the story sure or something, but, uh... Like from, like, a ballet camp or something. Like a ballet and person. And like, get yeah, it? Russians are weird. <laughs> and, I don't know, like... Even the students, sorry, the campers are expected, like, are looking at each other like, are we expected to know what that is? Question mark. So it's so strange. But another weird thing. So in in this movie, like, as uh, as they're, like, arguing with each other, uh, Finn calls Camp Royalty an outdated charm school, which, is that supposed to be, like, a dig at Barbie Princess Charm School, which, if they went there- So, wait, does that I guess I would appreciate like, that? takes place in the same universe as Princess Charm School? Because that would kind of make sense, because it has, like, all it the It would royals, make a lot of sense if this was the case. All the royals essentially yeah. go to school and hang out in the same social group. So, yeah, I could see and, this being a And I guess that, all, that, that might also school. imply that the... Inha- <laughs> I mean, and also, it might also imply that, like, perhaps the charm school is controversial because, like, Finn calls it outdated, like, calling out the stifling royal traditions and all that crap. I don't know. Maybe this takes place after it's, the revolution that we foretold of. Ah, uh, perhaps. It's a good future. Perhaps. Perhaps Gardenia finally rose up. Yes. Like they deserved. So, but with this competition, again, we can. It basically follows the same arc where initially, uh, the the regulars of the camp are kind of just doing their own thing, and Erica and Courtney are hesitant to jump in, but they decide that they actually belong in the camp. Because, like, what happens is they, after, like, being scorned a couple of times, they initially just decide that they're going to walk across the lake and just go to the other school. As if that was not an option beforehand... Well, the kind of thing is they're sort of like, so the whole thing is the assistant in the royal camp wants to keep her there. So he keeps on saying that there is like. Yeah, yes, that's true. That's true. But like. But then they're like, well, yeah, they can't make us stay here. So I guess we'll just go to the other one. Yeah, I don't know. It it just calls into question. But I would say against your point that they do kind of go through a few 
kind of slightly different things with them integrating into the music. So, um, you know what? You are actually right uh, because Courtney they do actually have some. Does this whole thing where she is singing because she, you know, of course she's a princess. She knows piano and whatnot. And then she gets yeah. joined by her friends, and then they're doing their music. But then Alpha Bitch comes in, and she's like, "We can't do songs written by a royal." And then she's yeah, like, "Oh get no, out of my here. confidence." And that's you know you're right. Like Courtney learns how to be more confident and learns how to be like. And Erica, on the other hand, it kind of seems like her arc is more like. Not like working, learning how to work with people, and not like making it yeah. all about her. So, because yeah. the rock school, they do their pop music, but now we can finally get into it. So, yes, we can finally get to this. So, I am going to go out on a limb and say that this movie was probably some like factor in Jordan Kane and Alana D. Fredska being hired to work on Pitch Perfect Three because the princesses are part of an acapella group because it's 2015. Pitch Perfect was really big a couple of months ago. Actually, let me double check. I'm pretty sure the first Pitch Pitch Perfect Perfect came out in like 2013 or something or like 2014. Yeah, so that's that's But it's still like the second movie probably came out around this time. It's still pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is kind of funny in that Pitch Perfect movie. Like they kind of like make out acapella groups to be a big thing in it when... That was maybe not the case in real life, but then it kind of became more of a thing after the Pitch Perfect movies came out. Yeah. So, so yeah. just to keep up with the times, the princesses, they do do classical music as well, but they also do acapella. And they even yeah, do the I... thing where they have like the alpha bitch being like, we should do the song the way we always do. But then the newcomer is like, let's change it up. Yeah, gotta add some edge. Yeah, literally, it's like, I'm Anna Kendrick. Did you know that if you play another song while the other song is playing, it can do things? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Complimentary songs in a, a medley? What? Anna Kendrick, you're crazy. Do that thing with the cup again. Yes. Oh, oh dang, she's she's doing it. Special she is. Oh, oh god. Oh, she, oh she's doing it. Ah. Anyway, I'm not a big fan of Pitch for Perfect the curse by the way. Of, uh, That's my hot take. High school talent shows for years to come. <laughs> you are not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Man, I knew Man, my sister showed me how to do the cup thing when I was in middle school in 2006. Uh, I would never have. I knew the, the cup thing be- to do cup thing. I knew the cup thing before it was cool. You see, like everyone Anna was Kendrick. into the cup thing and realized it could be easier if they just did the water bottle flipping instead. So <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> so uh, yeah. By the way, I kind of want just to mention like the two songs. Um, so, uh, Courtney's songs, What If I Shine, is the sort of like generic inspirational type thing. And When You're a Princess is sort of like a the prep girls, like, uh, 
like villainous song sort of where she's talking about like oh look how great we are being at princesses ball dancing and dresses and helping people out and it's like how are you helping out but whatever but then erica starts joining in and does like some decently sung background vocals again alana d Ferenska is a good singer yeah and she starts like doing some riffs and stuff and like to be fair to the other people, like, it would be kind of, like, if you were in, like, a choir situation, it would be really rude if someone started just, like... Definitely. ...making it about yeah. them. <laughs> so... Yeah, like, I will actually say to their credit, like, they do make, uh... Oh, God. They do make the lady from this camp seem... I believe it's Princess Ah. Nope, it's no, not she, Princess Aw. Aubrey. Genevieve. No, the, no, no, that's another it's not Genevieve. God. Like, does it really matter? Princess Olivia? Yeah, Princess Olivia. Yeah. Yeah, because the whole thing with, like, the... The people at the royal camp is, like, the camp director and the assistant are really, like, wanting to win this. So they're really putting a lot yeah. of emphasis on Yeah, so they're going to bribe the judges. Be, like, the thing that makes them win. Yeah. Along with that, uh, the simp of the assistant, Clyde, <laughs> goes yeah. in order to impress Anne, decides to bribe the ballet judge with a pearl necklace. Which, I don't know, she's a, presumably she's a director of another camp, so it's like, what, you know, like, what do you have to gain with the necklace? Yeah, I guess... I don't know. She likes the sparklies. What can I say? I guess she likes the sparklies. But, in a, but yeah, she, uh... She, uh... They, they bribe the thing, and, uh... But in addition to that, uh, as they... They decide that, oh, we're going to perform Erica's song. And initially, it seems like Erica is just, she's like basically solo singing with everyone else being backup vocals, which she ends up being called out by Olivia. Which is good enough, but then her friends also call her out on it, which I thought was nice. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not often and it's like the protagonist actually gets their flaws called out and they're like Yeah, it was actually somewhat surprising where it's like, oh wow, hang on hang on a second. They're actually being very reasonable right now. Huh. Who'd have thought it? Like, who'd have thought it? This this movie ends up seeming a lot better the more we talk about it. Yeah, like there is some like cause it is kinda as kind of samey as the stories can be, I do like how they do kind of do that parallel where one character has to be more confident and the other has to like reel back and let other people have the spotlight too, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Like I said, it's I not anything like groundbreaking or amazing, but you know, after like watching stuff like Princess Power and Secret Door where it just kind of felt like they didn't really try that much, it's nice to have something that felt actually more like a cohesive movie. With, like, characters yeah. that had arcs and a point. Yeah. That's always yeah. nice. It is always nice. But initially, Erica storms off to her 
to the headmaster's office to call her manager to have her be picked up. But then she hears the simp talking about his evil plans and about how he's like, oh, yes. Oh, Lady Anne. Oh, can I call you Anne? You know he's the simp because every time he goes into a room, you hear the music be like, the simp. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You you realize that that phrase is going to like oh, it's definitely immediately been date this overused, podcast, but it's fun to use it in this context because it's true. I, I, no, no, I'm 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 agreeing with you, but I just want you to know that like there's always a very clear timeline in terms of the language that online uh, fuckboys use in order to describe uh, dudes. Like in twenty eight uh, in. 2019 it was soy boys uh and before then that w- it was the beta males then before then it was the cucks and or then the before beta then cucks. it was you can combine or the beta cucks yes and then before then it was the sjw's and it's like and it's almost like these and then it was kind of like that's what it seems like everyone just is coming up with new words to just refer to like the nice guy you know it's almost as if this terminology that is used to demean men who do not fit traditionally masculine roles do not stick because they are usually based in illogical and nonsensical reasoning. I would say Hmm. at least simp originally was kind of referring to more like reply guys and stuff that would kind of fair enough fair but enough it's, it's, it's just been twisted to it's, it's like co-opted any man by the who is nice to a woman is also like just wants to have sex yeah. so that means yeah. it's okay for us to treat women badly because that's how all men think according to our logic yes never mind the fact that you never ask a woman their opinion about that but whatevs anywho so after finding out the simp's plan, uh, she, Erica immediately goes to her friends and is like, hey, you guys were right. I'm sorry. We're going to try and change some things. But also, I've got the tea and I'm going to spill it. And she's going to have to, and they basically reveal the plot and they decide to go over to the other camp to tell them the plan as well. So, and because of that, uh, both of them find out that, oh, geez, both of these schools are going to potentially be shut. Sorry, I keep calling them schools, even though they're camps. And this is a two-week-long camp. I don't know. But they decide that, oh, we're going to do something different in order to, like, halt this evil plan. Uh, so, because of that... uh. The night, wait, actually, no, we then get a montage, just a stereotypical training montage of them slowly getting better at performing. Which apparently they are already pretty good at performing, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, I don't know. Like, I know that they. this was probably not something that Netflix and Universal had arranged, but I feel like this is definitely, like, as nonsensical as the world is, I actually 
this is definitely in the category of Barbie movies where it's like, man, I would, I feel like I would have liked this a lot more if it was actually like a TV show, so we could have more time to develop these characters and like get to know them. Yeah, it definitely does get that like TV show backdoor pilot feeling to it. Though it does yeah. stand man. more on its own than Barbie Princess Power, that really, really felt like a TV show backdoor pilot. You are not wrong. You are definitely not wrong. So the night of the concert rolls around, and um, and it's I guess if if you mentioned the X Factor stuff before, it essentially has that setup where they have the stage and then they have the three judges on the chairs. <laughs> yeah, the X Factor, the Voice, America's Got Talent. It, you've seen a talent competition. It's it's that. Yeah. And the entire audience is populated by void people. Yeah, I mean, presumably they're the other, they're the two sets of campers combined. I don't know. I think the story implication was that these uh, Barbie, like, there was a select few that were selected to be the ones I'd like to, to think represent like them in the, the competition. Like the rest of the campers just mysteriously disappeared. They went to the woods. <laughs> in the background, there's a slasher movie going on. Yeah. <laughs> God, I I wouldn't watch that movie because I don't really like slasher movies. But I mean, yeah. Anywho, so they start off by performing. So the first people up are the like Camp Royal people who do their acapella thing. And they're like... And it sounds good. Oh, yeah. Like, also, before it starts, when uh, Finn and Anne are, like, introducing, uh, they're, like, kind of yes, being yes. passive-aggressive to each other. They are being passive-aggressive, where it's like, oh, oh, sorry, Lady Anne. Uh, Should have worn my darker sunglasses based off of how, I don't know, I think, what was he insulting in that moment? I think he was, like, calling her teeth fake or something. Yeah. And then she's like, <laughs> you know, can you believe he's single? I hear they say opposites attract. Maybe you'll f- someday find someone who's funny. Yeah, they're some passive like, aggressive, sexual yeah, tension laden. Some, yeah. BS. Like, I can't I believe this entire believe conflict just hinges on the fact that these old people want to fuck each other. <laughs> this is life, You know really. what? You know what? It's it's a hashtag relatable conflict. <laughs> I mean, haven't you ever found your livelihood disrupted by a bunch of old people who just need to get it one out to just like go off to the bedroom and rub one out just to chill out? I mean, I wouldn't I want know. it that way, but you know, I feel like that's I really think what of our a world good is number... all about. Hmm. I, I don't know. I could think of a couple of people who would probably benefit if they just got it out of their system uh, yeah. and then we wouldn't have Sonic to Sonic the Hedgehog again. and Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... There were a lot of places where I was expecting that to go. <laughs> the first that was not went, one of um, them. So... The Onesler so in the clone Fuck off. No. <laughs> anyway, the people... So they're performing the acapella thing, and it's sounding good. And then suddenly, to our surprise, suddenly the rock 
interlude well, kicks not in. Not really much of a surprise. It's pretty obvious this is where this was going. I mean, I guess this is, it's obvious that this is where it's going, but I didn't expect it to, like, occur so soon. But this has some, like, you know? elaborate staging and stuff. Like, surprise, like, apparently like, they weren't able to rehearse this together, or if they did, they didn't show it. You think maybe the teachers would have uh, caught in on that, but they're pretty yeah, surprised. I don't know. They were probably too bitty, lustfully looking at old photos of each oh, other. Yeah. Which, canonically, listener, they do have those photos. That's the truth. Like, that's. <laughs> like, they. Like, there are scenes where they are just looking at, like, oh, what could have been, but rock and royalty comics. Mm -hmm. Said two households, uh, both alike in dignity. Or maybe God. no dignity, if you look at it that way. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So they they end up joining in on the song. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about like this this song? Like, um, it's it's it pretty was... fun, kind of combining the two like cast together. Yeah. Now, the one thing is like after Erica's whole thing, where they're like, "You give all the solos to yourself." It is kind of weird in the final song. It is still just mostly Erica and. Courtney dominating <laughs> with everyone. Listen, being they probably backup. paid a lot of money for like these two people to be voices. They are probably like, okay, we we're gonna add this in, but we also seriously do need to add these people. We I don't yeah, know. But it's it's cool because the the two uh, alpha bitches, uh, one of them got the solo and one of them got to play lead guitar, so it's all good. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, head canon. I think those two end up together. Oh, definitely they. They have a meet cue. They're they're doing good. They but, are uh, essentially. Yeah. So they do the song, and then uh, Finn is like, "It's beautiful, true rock and roll." But uh, and it's Lady like... Anne is a lot, very much angry at the goings on. Yeah, yeah. Which again, it does. It is weird to see like. This sort of like, I don't know, redemption thing. Again, I was expecting, uh, I was expecting Finn to be the villain in all this, but nah. I mean, he just seems like a real chill when dude. When they brought up the whole thing where they used to be a couple, I was like, no, they're definitely gonna like get back together at the end of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there was no doubt. There was no doubt. Like, listener, this is a very predictable movie. Like, the writing was kind of on the wall as soon as they introduced, like, certain plot elements from, like, the uh, competition to the former love interest. Like, the evil, like, camp ladies. Like, you could see a lot of that coming. But they knocked the socks off of everyone performing. And because of that... Like, the two main judges cannot decide. And then meanwhile, uh, Lady Anne storms on the stage talking about what a disgrace they all are. And then, nine, sorry, Finn is defending them. And they start arguing on the stage. And I guess Courtney uses her wand to open up, like, this stage door. This trap door on the stage. This trapdoor on their counselors yeah. to trap them together. 
holding they, them hostage. Yeah, they did essentially do the whole shove you in the closet thing to get your feelings out. So yeah, which uh, but none of them Wait. get quite injured from falling in a hole, but whatnot. No, but the thing with the judges is, remember the third judge? She was bribed by oh, Clive. So Svetlana. Fun fact: Svetlana is also voiced by Kelly Sheridan. Interesting. Yeah. She only has like two know. lines in this movie though, so Yeah, it, it, it's very subtle. I don't know. I, I you could probably guess that like maybe Kelly was probably like, Hey, I've been trying out this Russian accent thing. Can I just try it out here? And they're just like, Sure, go for it. We'll make her a ballerina, whatevs. Yeah, so because of that, she ends up voting for the royal school and everyone's sad, but meanwhile, under the stage, our two lovebirds are ha- finally having the very simple conversation, which I guess it's one of those things where the relationship ended after a weird misunderstanding and all they needed to do was air that grievance and they're in love again. Cause he yeah, is- but based off of that photo, you assume that this thing happened in the 80s. And 2015, This it has been 30 years in between that and you're just holding on to that grudge, huh? Yeah, so essentially he's appara- like... He's like, why did you break up with me? And she's like, I thought once you became a big rock star, you would have left me. So it was all a misunderstanding yeah. the whole time. To which she, to which he responded, you always believed that I would make it big. Oh, I love you. I mean, it is kind of cute, actually, though. But you know, it is kind of cute. Like, I don't I guess, know. I don't know. I gotta I think. Like- I always like it when movies have like older pairings get together. It makes you know me what? feel like I there's agree. still hope. <laughs> <laughs> you are younger than me. Sit hey, down. Hey. <laughs> Thirsty ass over here. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, essentially, um, yeah, so but, yeah, they let them they, out of the trap door. And then... And, oh, gee... And then they're like, oh, geez, oh, this is gross, because they're making out. Yeah, but they don't actually, like, ever show them kiss. They just have them, like, leaning towards each other, and they're, like... And doing some, like, nose nuzzles. Yeah, it's like, we can have this, but, like... I mean, you just know, like, as soon as this concert was over, like, she busted out the strap on, and they... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, listen... I get the impression that Finn is enough of a bro to just be all for men getting oh, pegged. Oh, oh, definitely. This is uh, definitely that dynamic. But it is kind of weird how they, like, they can't show, like, two adults kissing. Like, because they, like... Yeah. So they, like, cut away, Lord which knows. ironically makes it come off dirtier than it probably actually oh, is. Oh, Yes. Yes, like the mind fills in the imagination. Yeah, it's like very you know, well. like it could and, have been just like a it simple ha- sweet kiss, but from what all they know, we know they were like Frenching in front of those students. So oh yeah, and like because everyone's just goes like, oh gross, oh geez, this feels inappropriate. Oh like, ew. I know. it's like yeah. we gotta we gotta hit that we'll demographic that of kids though. that go like, ew, gross, when <laughs> their parents kiss. So you know, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I want to look up to see what, if they had a field day on this on goodoldfanfiction.net. Probably not, but all they got there is Bibblefic. 
Anyway, um, yeah, it is kind of. Has there ever has Barbie ever actually like full on kissed any of her like love interest on screen? In any yeah, of these we movies? saw we saw some of that in the. Uh, I don't know because I feel like I feel like that might have, but I also feel like there's an equal possibility that they don't like. I don't know. Sometimes kids' movies are weird about that. Yeah. Or at yeah, least that's like fair. ones that were aimed at like really young kids. But um so after that, uh they're like, oh no, we're decided that uh we're not gonna close the camps, we're all good. And then Clive comes up and he's like, But Queen, you were supposed to step on me. <laughs> and he's To which they appropriately put him in the trap door. Oh yeah, they they presumably forever. Yeah, after, yeah. he probably died of starvation. Oh yeah, they there. never let him out, so we can just assume they just left him down there, like cask of Amontillado. They forget about him, and like oh, ten yeah. years down the but line, they're a- like, "How'd this skeleton prop get down here?" <laughs> but not just that. Like as soon as they, as he cries out, "I bribed one of the judges!" Like. They look over to Svetlana, and we just hear the distant sound of a car driving away while the chair is like spinning around. And it's like, I mean, they she just gave you an he just gave you a necklace. Like, what? What's the big deal, my dudes? I don't know. I guess they were like. It's not like this thing was like. They were probably gonna reprimand her for like taking a bribe, so. But she's not in a political position of power. We don't know that. We don't know how the political systems work in this universe. You know. Maybe she's also point. royalty. <laughs> fair yeah. point. But because of that, uh, the group decides that they, uh, Erica's not going to go back to being a solo rock artist. And uh, she and Princess Courtney are going to start a band with all their friends called Rockin' Royals. Cute and, card. Yeah, and the movie and at first we were like, oh geez, I guess the movie ends up there, but then we just get like a straight up music video to end this off with them dancing called uh, it's to their song What If I Shine, which they played that earlier, yeah. but this and is like a remix. I'm not sure if it's just me, but it definitely looked like more like kind of fluid animation than the rest of this movie. Like this was made yeah. to be their music video and stuff. Yeah, which like they released a bunch of actual like music videos including like a special music video that included like the dance challenge winners see from the razor voice campaign so uh that's how you know it was 2015 i mean you say that but also tiktok is a thing now so Mm. but yeah that's the movie yeah and you know, the more I think about Honest- it, the more I genuinely kind of like this one. Like, yeah, you know what? I agree. Like, listen, this is this movie is cornier than Kansas in August, but it. Oh no, there's a genuine earnestness to it. Like, you do actually get the impression that like people did feel like. I don't know. It felt like they were having some fun with the writing of this story. And it's a very simple story. And, but like, 
when you ignore some of the stuff with a predictable plot, like, you do end up having, like, a pretty fun time. Yeah, and, like, that's kind of all I want. I want to be, like, vaguely entertained for an hour and a half, you know? Or at least feel like there's, like, I mean, something about the movie that, like, calls for attention. Mm. I mean, I'll say this, like, there are, it's, it's definite, I don't know, I don't know if it's, like, a tier Barbie movie, like, unlike, I don't know, unlike, uh, Magic yeah, of Pegasus, or... Yeah, I like, S tier, but I think it's definitely, like, at least a high B tier movie, you know? Yeah, I agree, like, it definitely... It definitely acts as a rebuttal to all the people who are like, ew, the new Barbie movies are bad. Like, like I could see someone, step- especially if they're, like, a kid, like, really enjoying this. And, you know, yeah. like, it's kind of the best version of the movie it's trying to be, it could be, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think because we have Princess and the Popstar to compare it to, like, this is definitely a step up from oh, that. Yeah. It's a lot better than that, mm-hmm. but Princess yeah, of the Pop I don't know. Star just felt so empty to me. But this one, you know, it gave me it, some warm feelings, and I like that. It and did. I don't know, and it's like it's it's telling that like our biggest problems with this is that we wish that we could hang out with more of these characters. Because in all honesty, like this setting does lend itself to like some like I don't know some interesting developments because. Camp stories, like the stories where a kid goes off to camp, are actually a pretty fun type of trope to deal in because it gives you the opportunity to easily introduce new characters. You can have all these different, like, overarching plots, and you do have a pretty clear progression of time in order to help you guys gauge where the, I don't know, the area of development is. I don't know. Like, it seems like there's a lot of, like, fun territory that could be tread here. And I'm honestly kind of sad that we don't get to really revisit this whole environment as buck the hell wild it is. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Honestly, just the strangeness of the world almost adds to the enjoyment of the movie. Just how, like... Just the weird universe this world occupies. It's it's just kind of funny to me. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Maybe we've just, like, gotten so used to this this just, like... We've been numbed. Oh, okay. I guess magic exists, but we're not going to explain it. The sparkles have embedded themselves in our eye... In our corneas. (laughs) Perhaps we've... Maybe we've gotten the pink shimmer. Maybe that's where we're living in right now. It's like, it really oh, is like that movie Annihilation, like we went in. But when we went in, like our DNA got changed. So now like the world is- It fundamentally us. changed us over time. <gasps> it all makes sense now. <sighs> is Oscar Isaac even really Oscar Isaac? Can I mean, given know? the thirst tweets I've read about him, probably. And even if he isn't, would it really matter? Because in the same, in a kind of way, isn't he still Oscar Isaac just the same? <laughs> Why don't, you know what? Yeah, let's make a, let's make a 40 minute 
YouTube video that just meticulously explains that. Annihilation ending explained. Ooh, red circle. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh... So that was, uh, Rockin' Royals. So that was the movie. Yeah, pleasant surprise. You know? A pleasant surprise indeed. It definitely didn't give off a very good first impression, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like if they were able to divorce themselves from some of those sort of, like, tropes of, like, oh, I'm a princess that somehow has magical powers, like... Like, I feel like that's something that the movie could easily do without, because the magic honestly doesn't really factor into a whole lot of this stuff. At the very least, like, we didn't need, like, random scenes with unicorns. Like, I was very much expecting the unicorns to be a part of the climax, but I don't know why they're here. They just wanted to have unicorns. I guess, but at the same time, like... I mean, if you're going to put unicorns in there, I'm surprised Mattel didn't make, like, a unicorn tie-in toy to this. Like, You know, sometimes a unicorn is just a unicorn. How? They're just unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, uh... Yeah, so what's the next Barbie yeah. movie we're going to watch? The next movie we're going to watch, we're actually going to be returning to the Barbie and her sisters uh, movie series. So it's going to be Barbie and her sisters in the Great Puppy Rescue. And if I'm not so mistaken, are... I think this is actually Kelly Sheridan's last movie as Barbie. Is she? I could have swore that she's done stuff for some of the other. Oh my God, you are right. Yeah. Oh my God. It's her last one. I mean... When we go back and watch uh, Barbie Christmas Tale or whatever, I think she's in that one as well. Yeah. But, yeah. She was. Re- she would soon be replaced by Erica Lindbeck, which, you know what? Kelly, you done good with a lot of the stuff, and Erica has also put in a lot of work. I sincerely hope that she did not get a lot of flack from, like, the Barbie fans. Yeah, I mean, well, they did, like, replace Kelly Sheridan for a while, like, during Mermaid Tale. Yeah. And stuff, but... Yeah, but apparently, like, appa- like we'll actually, we can go into this more a little later once we get to, uh, once we get to the next Barbie, uh, once we get after Barbie and the Great Puppy Rescue, but... Yeah, Great Puppy yeah. Rescue, um, kind of... Not sure about that one. I mean, it's the same group of characters as Barbie and her sisters in that ponytail. I guess they're like, well, we gotta, we gotta cash in on the dog movies now. So. Uh. Oh God, no! You're right. This is an appeal to the Air Buddy movies. God. Oh. Uh, God. They made two of these puppy-based movies. There's the Great Puppy Adventure and the Great Puppy Chase. So. I'm sure those won't get mixed huh. up in our brains at all. <laughs> I'm sure not. But yeah, at least until we watch that. Listener, thank you so much for going on this rock and rolling journey through this movie. We hope you enjoyed yourself, because I know for a fact we certainly did. Uh but yeah. what's 
until what is your final ranking henry oh usually you're the one that does this i'm going to actually give this a uh, a sparkly wand out of five because it's pretty it's aesthetically competent it's magical but they never explain the actual magic behind it but all in all it's fine it's good even i give it a simp out of 10 he missed the dick <laughs> that seems like a ne- appointment what a it seems like a negative review depends on how you look at i it. mean Okay, (laughs) anyway, if you enjoy the work that we do, uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter, at Pod. But Emma, you done do the writing. Yeah, I work for The Shield at USI as of the recording of this video. You say that always with... Though I'm very much nearing towards the end. It's uh, So hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll find a job in the adult world, which... uh, might be a bit of a gamble right now, considering uh, that no one's, not a lot of people are hiring. These unprecedented times, yeah. as the ads tell me. But I'm sure I'll be around watching Barbie well, movies as always. Oh, well, we appreciate you being around, Emma. Who's we? But me and the listeners. Okay. <laughs> I know for a fact that plenty of listeners genuinely appreciate you. I mean, Lord knows they probably have a hard time dealing with my ass, but uh I'm pretty sure they appreciate you too, Henry, considering you edit everything uh, and you do the advertising <laughs> and most of the work to be honest, so <laughs> eh, that that's is this is true. Mm-hmm. But well with that said, listener, if you appreciate all the stuff that I, I do for this uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Kathman Henry or follow my Tumblr portfolio page, henrykathman.tumblr.com. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Henry Kathman, uh, sorry, youtube.com slash Henry Kathman. Or if you want to access some special stuff, chuck me a buck on Patreon. All of my exclusive content is accessible by giving me $1 a month and you get episodes a little bit earlier. So, uh, I think that's about it. So, Emma, am I forgetting anything? Are you? (laughs) Did you kill the alien at the lighthouse, or are you the alien? (laughs) You know, I, I can't guess how many people have actually seen Annihilation that also listen to you our know podcast. What? Maybe they'll be I feel like the Venn diagram. They will, and then they'll get the joke. I suppose so. But until then, remember, kids, don't be a simp. Be a Chad. Be a Finn. <laughs>